Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. Alright, welcome back. Another episode. Um, we're going to get into a few things today. Uh, we haven't done a car episode in a while, so we're going to talk about some cars. And then we... We promised last week we'd talk about weight loss. We didn't get to it, so this week we will talk yeah, we about weight loss. Went on a tangent last week. Yeah, um, got a little got a little excited last week. Got a little <laughs> in my in my feelings last week, but that's all right. Um, head over to the website drivewaybeerspodcast dot com. Um, we are still looking to do a uh, a beer episode. I've got one brewer that's offered to. Uh, to donate uh some beer for that episode i just i gotta get some other uh brewers to get back to me uh and then we'll get that episode kicked off probably i'm guessing that'll happen mid-november is when we'll, we'll probably do that one because uh, uh maybe even late november i don't know so hopefully mid to late november we'll get the beer episode out there but heading over the uh to the website drivewaybeerspodcast.com uh Get yourself a VPN. I'm not going to harp too long on private internet access. If everyone knows uh, how I feel about them, uh, privateinternetaccess.com slash drivewaybeers. Get yourself a, a VPN for the holiday season. Protect your credit card information and your identity online. Uh, everybody, Everyone's having their uh, their databases hacked. So, I mean, I don't care if you're Amazon. I don't care if you're Google, you're Apple. Um, your information is vulnerable. Protect yourself. All right. Let's talk cars. Since the beginning of this podcast, I have been looking for a car. Now, I did get one. I did get one. <laughs> we went through that. Car recap for everyone that's new. Had a, a Saturn view, blew up. Uh, I used that to tow behind my RV. So I needed another car that to replace that to tow behind the RV, which is how I ended up with the Equinox. Um I still have the the Ford Edge, which is essentially now I have two cars of the same size. I don't want to give the Edge up. Uh, my wife still likes driving it. The car still drives well. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep up on the maintenance. It's fairly inexpensive to keep rolling down the road. Um, still don't have 100,000 miles on it. It's 2013. Nice looking car. It's a limited. Got all the bells and whistles. Great, right? Uh, but I do need a bigger car. Um, I do cart around some people and, you know, as much as I like driving around the RV, it's not exactly, uh, it's, it's not, not really a viable option for around town. It's yeah. not drive through friendly. No, it definitely is not. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm bringing it up to the neighborhood this weekend or by this time, by the time this goes out, it'll be last weekend, uh, for a, uh, field hockey tournament for my daughter. I'm going to go take it over there, park it in the parking lot, have a little tailgate over there. Um, but just, it's not around town friendly. So I'm looking for something three rows and I was having a little nostalgic moment for a while there. And I was looking at conversion vans. I'm like, oh, conversion vans. They don't make these anymore. I was wrong. They do. (laughs) They do make them. They cost a lot of money. They cost a hundred (laughs) grand. It's a Mercedes. It's basically Mercedes S class territory. Now you get a lot. I think you get more than a Mercedes S Class, in my opinion. You get a lot of space, right? Very comfortable seating. 
They make them in seven and nine passengers. So you, if you got one of those Duggar families, you got two <laughs> of them, you're probably covered. Um, they are extremely luxurious on the inside now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they were, they, to be honest, when I had one as a, my dad had one when I was a kid. They, I mean, great. You're talking cloth seats. I mean, but for the seven, for the eighties, nineties, when I grew up, oh, they, it was plush, man. There's plush. The, oh, those seats were you just sink into them, and, <sighs> so comfortable. And now the inside, like especially like the Sprinter vans, they look like private jets inside of them. Yeah, my, so for some reason, I'm not a Mercedes Sprinter guy. Mm-hmm. Reason being is because. A lot of those Mercedes Sprinters are diesel engines. Okay. And they're up front. Mm-hmm. And they don't insulate the engine cabin that well. Mm-hmm. So you as the driver, and they, like they don't insulate the floorboards that well, so you as the driver get a lot of engine noise. And my dad actually had a small Winnebago view, which okay. was based on the Dodge Sprinter, uh, the Mercedes chassis. Yeah. With the diesel engine. And it was so loud going down yeah. the road, so loud. Well, I don't, and a lot of those the the Sprinter vans that are s- set up like private jets, um, a lot of them there's just a, a small. It's they're designed to be driven by somebody like a, sh- right? It's for a, a a charter limousine company to to drive those around. So right. you're not meant to drive it yourself, right? Yeah, right. Well, who'd want to? Really? Like even in the Sienna, like when my kids are watching a movie and then my wife goes in the back and watches a movie with them. I'm like, what am I an Uber driver here? Yep. So like, I'll just sit up here and eat sunflower seeds by myself. I can't even listen to a podcast because the entertainment system's tied up with their nonsense. <laughs> so yeah. So no, I, I don't know why you get one of those. But. So, but the, the GMC and Chevy versions, GMC mostly, man, they make some beautiful ones, but, I'm not in that tax bracket to afford a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, mm-hmm. so of course I look used. If you want to look like five, seven years used, fifty grand, still not my tax bracket. No, so I'm looking at like O fours, O fives. People for O fours and O fives with a hundred thousand plus miles, people want like fifteen to twenty grand. For wow, years. and I just can't bring myself to do it. No, and so then I was looking at like ninety fives and ninety sixes, and now we're talking. Well over twenty years old, yeah. And they and those prices are more reasonable. When I say reasonable, I'm saying like they're six, seven, eight grand. Now, can you can you gut those and redo the interiors? And- what well, I mean, yo, hashtag van life. Yes, of course you can. <laughs> but that's why the prices got jacked up on yeah. these things because people are they. they all these dumb up. hipsters overlanding in them. But it, the hipsters. I have a bone to pick with hipsters. Well, because, well, now the hipsters all used to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, now they just drive around their vans, and it's like, it's like, um, let's see, Booker and Della hashtag van life, uh-huh. and they document everything on Insta, and they don't have a job except driving around in their van and collecting followers. Um, yeah, F, F those guys. I'm partially jealous. If they, if they can make a living at that, I'm partially jealous. Right. But- I'm mostly upset because they drive up the prices of vans, mm-hmm. and it's like this, like nice, like Sherrod or Explorer vans. And for people that don't know, the vans come from Ford or GMC stock, 
and then Sherrod or Explorer, and I think Explorer went out of business. They um, they modify the van, mm-hmm. so they put the interiors in. They put the plush interiors and everything else in. Yeah, they put the running lights in inside, the mood lighting inside, the additional speakers. Uh, if they upgrade the TVs and stuff like this, so it's all done by those companies. But that's why they cost more. I mean, they they basically take a a twenty five thousand dollar base van and they turn it into a, a hundred thousand dollar luxury vehicle. Yeah. So. I think my dream of owning one is coming to an end. Um, I was looking and I was hoping to be in like the, you know, seven to $10,000 range for like a 2005 or six or seven or mm-hmm. something or even newer maybe. And yeah. that's just not going to happen. Uh, so I'm going, I'm going, I keep going back to the same style of a vehicle and it's that Oh five Oh six GMC Yukon Denali. Um, Cadillac Escalade uh, EXT. Well, they didn't have the EXT back then for Cadillac. It was just the Escalade. Yeah. The Yukon had the Yukon and the Yukon XL, and Chevy had the Tahoe and the Suburban. Yeah. Um. So I personally like the GMC Yukon XL, or Yukon for that matter. But uh, I actually sent an email out on a Yukon XL up at Harrisburg, and I'm hoping I hear back from these guys. But I got a feeling they're going to say. Screw this guy who sent an email with 16 questions in it. Yeah. But my thing is, I'm pr- if I buy this thing, it's going to be sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically, look, here, here's my check. Yeah. Uh, I'll pay you an extra 500 bucks to ship it down to me in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. And so my, my thought is, if I'm going to buy it like that without, an, without a pre-purchase inspection, you know, I, I at least want them to answer these questions out. I'm not saying they'll be honest with me. Yeah. But at least it, it shows, hey, look, this guy's a dummy. He's asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. And basically, I'm asking about, like, rust on the rocker panels, rust underneath. Yeah. Because um, it is a Pennsylvania car. It's been a Pennsylvania car since it, it rolled off the, the, the dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know they use salt on the roads and whatnot. Yeah. And, but it's only got 110,000 miles on it. For that age of car, it's, it's barely been used. Yep. But... I want to see some pictures of the underneath. Uh, I want to know if there's any milky substance under the oil cap. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it the radiator cap? I think it's the oil cap, right? No, it's the radiator. No, radiator. radiator cap, yeah. Because radiator, that means there's oil in the coolant. Right. Uh, and then, uh, I forget what else. I think I asked them, like, if there were any, like, horrible carpet stains somewhere that I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you sent me that listing. They've got 45 pictures of... I mean, they they cover pretty good. Yeah, they did. So, yeah. um, and those Yukons are such nice looking vehicles. They've always been that 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 uh, generation suburban Yukon. That's by far. It's one of the prettiest cars. Just the lines are great. It's it's not. It's just smooth. It's a nice looking vehicle. It really what kind of stood the test of time. Yep, I agree. So, and that's um, why I'm looking at those. And you still see a lot of them on the road. You so do. it's not like some of these other cars that you never see on the road anymore. That you wonder what the hell happened to that. Well, um, and people ask me why don't I look at something newer? And it was because I think on 2000, 2007 is when they changed the body style. Yep. Um, and they added the cylinder deactivation to the engines. Yes. So and, there, yeah. So there's some things they did. 
I think that that year, I could be wrong, but I think the 06 and older was the last year, the 5.7, five, the, five, the 350 in them. So they used the they used the 6.0 okay. on the Denali and the Cadillac. Okay. Everything else got the 5.7. Okay. But the 6.0 is just a little bit bigger. Ver- it's not. It's, same, not it's, it's the same Vortec engine. Yeah. It's not a just, big departure. They bored a little bit bigger. Um. Yeah, so they're not. Yeah, because you're looking at five point seven liters. So it's it's. Um, I'm not sure the displacement. I think it's three fifty versus like three seventy five or something. It's not. It's not crazy. But that yeah, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, but the six O is not a big block. That's a no. No, it's it's, yeah. it's the same engine. It's just it's just got a little bit extra oomph to it. Yeah, because the the. Big block is a 454, which is enormous. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do worry about that. Um, the cylinder deactivation part of it. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong, though. People have driven those things 100, 200, 300,000 miles, and it never grenades the engine. Yeah. It's just something that's known to possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it, it can happen on the uh, the police Caprice cruisers because mm-hmm. they have the V8s in them, um, and it also has the cylinder deactivation. See, I, see, cylinder deactivation, so those things were all gimmicks in court. Like, they were gimmicks. Yeah. And the reason they do it is because when the government passes these regulations, it's fleet mileage. So if you can reduce, it has nothing to do with the consumer. They don't care how much fuel you put in that car. They can, they're concerned about their their fleet mileage. So they've got to meet the minimum. Yeah. So the the consumer that buys it goes, oh, I'm green because this has cylinder deactivation, and they'll advertise it like that. But really, GM GM knows that say they sell two hundred thousand units. Of that particular, and, and at that time, for that time when they were doing that, those full size trucks and SUVs was the closest they could get to printing money. Right. So they knew they were going to sell a lot of them. So if they were to reduce the the fuel consumption of those, even by two percent, it was going to over the size of the fleet for the amount they were going to show. It was going to it was going to be a significant decrease, and that's why they did it. And nothing to do with. And they didn't care how long the engine lasted. No. So, um, but it's a gimmick. Uh, you know. And it didn't save that much gas. No. It really didn't. I think you got maybe a two-mile-per-gallon bump. Yeah. Um, you probably would have been better off putting better tires on it. Probably. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, or making sure that oil that was maintained. Right. And cylinder deactivation. Yeah. And so, and someone asked, well, why don't you go with a Ford Expedition? The Ford Expedition had the 5.4 liter V8. Mm-hmm. They put, and again, this is going to be something like they, they put it in everything. They put it in the F-150. They put yep. it in the Expedition. They put it in the Lincolns. They put it in the, the Econo lots. Yes. Um, now, don't get the, don't get it mixed up with the 4.6 liter V8, which went in all the police cars and taxi cabs and, and, and the other Lincolns and the other Fords. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, the, did, did, did they never put the 4.6 in the trucks. Yeah, I think it was just um, they, they did before they switched them. Yeah, the right. Mustang had a four six, but anyway, so the five point fours, and it was the three valve, so mm-hmm. it wasn't the two valve 
version. It was the three valve, and it wasn't the four valve. It was just that three valve per cylinder, 5.4 liter engine. I guess apparently they didn't put in long enough head bolts, mm-hmm. and the thing would throw head bolts. Now, does it happen in a majority of them? No. But they're prone to it. Like, ask any mechanic about that 5.4 liter Ford V6 or Ford mm-hmm. V8, and they'll all tell you the thing throws head bolts. Yeah. And to fix it, you have to take the head off. They usually have to bore out the where the head bolt goes. Mm-hmm. And Ford does have a fix for it, so they know it's an issue. They get, Basically, it's a kit that adds longer head bolts. Mm-hmm. And so they have to rethread it. And then they put the bigger head bolt in. Now I've got a version of that engine, which is the uh, uh, I don't remember the leaders, but it's the V10, the Triton, Triton V10, mm-hmm. which is it's the way Ford does their engines is they're modular, right? Mm-hmm. So from that V8, let's say you want to make it a V10, you just add two more cylinders to it. Okay, it, you literally just stack them. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's how they do it. Um. And sometimes the V10, the, the the bolts will actually seize in there. Okay. But that's a different issue. I think it's got to do with aluminum on iron, like an aluminum yeah. head on iron. And the aluminum's, I guess, seizes. They, it, it contracts and expands differently. Yeah. I guess it, like, yeah. it, it melds itself mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Well, it's like there's modular, like, so the Chevy, the the 4.6 liter V6 is just a, all that is is a 350 with two cylinders lopped off of it. Mm. So... Chevy, I mean, Chevy and those uh, like the, those engines, they had the LTs mm-hmm. and the LSs, yep, and then the truck ones, which was were uh, those the various versions of the LTs. So they all had the iron. No wait. So let's think. I think the LS. One of them's aluminum. Okay, I'm not sure which one, but I mean, the the LS was like the Corvette engine. Yeah. The LT was what got put in almost everything else. Yeah. So, like, the Camaro got the LT. The Caprice until, got the LT. The yeah. the old 95. So, back in the early 90s. So, that's why people love the... So, the, the Chevy Impala SS. Mm-hmm. 93, 94. No, I'm sorry. 94, 95, and 96. That had the um, LS. Okay, so that was so the, did the that Corvette. Was, that was the fast one. Yeah, so yeah. did the Corvette, and also if you got a nine C one was the VIN code hmm. for the Caprice. So anything GM, if it's nine C one, it's police package. Okay. So if you got the the Caprice police package with the nine the nine C one VIN code, and you'll see fake me out Caprices all over the place. <laughs> um, that also had the ls okay um which is why people said they're so desirable because essentially it had the the people say oh it's got a core it's got a vet motor in it right and i mean there are some differences to it but on its face yeah it was those impalas and 9c1 caprices were fast so but back then i mean back then the ls and the lt and then the 3800 v6 Mm-hmm. Those are three of the most rock solid engines you could buy. Oh, the thirty eight hundred. First of all, it's a it's an old pushrod V six. I mean they and they put that engine in everything. Yep, they put it in. Um, 
Was, you know, they put in all their sedans, their the midsize. Wagon. In the wagons. Yep. And then they put it in for years and years and years. I mean, you're talking the Pontiac Grand Am and Grand Prix. Yeah. The Buick Roadmaster, the Buick LeSabre, the Buick Regal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chevy Malibu. No, not the Malibu. The Chevy uh, Lumina. Yep. Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. Uh, I think the the Lumina and then later Venture minivan had it. Yeah, all of them. Um, yeah, Mon- the, the Montana got it. Yep. So they I mean, put it. Then they put it in the Blazer. They put it in the. Well, no, no, well, well, no, yeah, no. no. The Blazer. The, the Blazer had the four six. Had the, the bigger V six. The trail. Well, so the Trailblazer had the inline six. Yeah. Along yeah, with so the, the Blazer GMC, before that had the four six, <laughs> and the GMC Envoy yep. got the inline six. Yeah. The S ten had the 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 four six. So they had a. A big. I had an that envoy. Was, I had a envoy with a inline so six. That was. Were those the only two vehicles they ever used that inline six for? Yeah, it was those. No, they also put it in the Caprice too. Okay. You you could find a Caprice with a with a four six in it. Okay. But that's it's weird though because that engine's super reliable too. Yeah. And they only use it in three vehicles. Yeah. Which was strange to me. It's actually really con- you find them a lot on boats. Well, Mer Cruiser uses it. I mean, BMW used inline sixes forever. Yeah, and, they, and those inline sixes from BMW were—I mean, that was back when BMW yeah. made a reliable engine. Yeah. Now the rest of it might suck, <laughs> but the—I mean, inline sixes were always a really nice. Jeep had a nice one too, the 4L. That was an indestructible engine. Yeah, indestructible. And people are like, "Well, what do you mean?" Well, it was in the Wrangler. They put Cherokee. it in the Cherokee. Yeah. And I believe when the Grand Cherokee first came mm-hmm. out. And then they swapped it out eventually. Yeah, they put a small V eight in there. But no, I the uh but the four point six liter V six, they only use that in certain vehicles too. And that thing but the uh Merc Cruiser still uses that in for for boats. Yeah. So But yeah, so so I guess I mean the reason why I was looking for the O six, one, it got the 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 six liters not as reliable as the five seven V eight, but it's still really reliable. Um, transmissions, eh, they were known to be somewhat weak, but to swap out a used transmission into that thing, maybe fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, maybe, and I'm probably on the high side. Yeah, um, and that's if you if you pull one out of it, if you get one from a junkyard delivered to your mechanic. Mm-hmm. The mechanic will probably charge you five to seven fifty to put it in. Mm-hmm. So if you're seven fifty for the en- if seven fifty for the transmission, seven fifty for the install, you're at fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll cost you more than that. I mean, when I did it on an Acura, I think it cost me about fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, um, but I think I overpaid on the labor. Mm-hmm. But it was also not a straightforward labor job. Right. So like when I did it, it was an it was on a two thousand three Acura TL. And I took a transmission from an 06 Honda Accord V6, mm-hmm. which mates up directly to that yeah. V6 engine in the Acura. It, it bolts right into place. It's, it, it was one of the little-known secrets mm-hmm. because those 03 Acura transmissions were shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they they weren't designed to cool correctly, so they basically cooked from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and by 06, they mostly had fixed the transmission issues. So, because this one bolts right onto that Acura, 03 Acura TL engine, you can literally just buy a used one, 
and it'll slot right in. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is take the connector pins from the Acura, the old Acura transmission, and use it on the Honda transmission. Mm-hmm. And they, but it, it, they connect directly. It, I when I when I sold that car, the transmission it was never an issue on that yeah. car again, um, and they didn't have to worry about it cooking cooking itself. Yeah, with a with a used one. Like let's say I bought another one, it still had the the the, the problem was a design flaw. So mm-hmm. who, there was no one. There's no way to say it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Whereas the 06 Accord V6 transmission, they had mostly fixed the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person I sold it to never had a problem with yeah. it. Now, he got T-boned in it and bent the frame, but that has nothing to do with the transmission. No, transmission. Still transmission good. was great. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so I was look. I wanted something that was going to be reliable. Um, and I know people are saying, well, you're buying a GM. But, no, but the engine and the transmission will be fairly reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, the interior might interior might fall apart because yeah. that, well, GM. GM interiors across their line stunk. Back then, yeah. yeah. They did. Um, but that's still one of the nicer looking vehicles you can get. And to be honest with you, let's say the interior starts to fall apart. I mean, to reupholster some seats, I mean... And the seat, bucks. You're, you're really the seat that's going to get it the worst is a driver's seat. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's you can get that done for four three four hundred yeah, bucks. It's the one that's used all the time. Yeah. So, yeah i I love it. I think you know. I started looking at them too. Um, I'm more in the market for a a pickup truck, but Everybody even needs if, a pickup truck. even of that of that generation. Yeah. Because the pickups. So that year, all the way up through through that body style, the GM trucks, pickup trucks, and the full size SUVs looked identical from the front. From if you looked at it from dead on <laughs> from the front, they're identical. From the from the B pillar forward, it was probably exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> now that next generation, when they went to the more squared off design on the yeah. SUVs, then they went to that weird angular design on the on the trucks so the truck the the trucks are a little different from then on but from then prior identical you know um so no there that's a that's a good find man i I hope that works out yeah i hope so too i'm 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 just doing a quick carfax search for trucks um reason being is because i don't think i don't think you find too many of those old gm trucks available I, I just don't think you see it people hold on to them for yeah. years yeah so i mean like this thing man this thing sucks see part of me wants to just buy a brand new one get for what 80 grand and keep it forever oh yeah but the, the, what the seven years you're paying on that oh, thing? yeah at eight hundred dollars a month yeah like i like i i looked at like just the the price of new cars right now is astonishing to me. Yeah, Aston- and people are paying it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think now they're stop they're stopping. Like yeah. they're not they're not paying it now. Like, but because there are certain dealerships you can go to now, and they have a lot of stock. Yeah, like if you go to any Jeep or Ram dealership, mm-hmm. they have trucks and FUVs yeah. filled on those lots right now. Yeah. Um. The only manufacturer that's really showing much of a problem, well, there's a few of them. Toyota is one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Toyota, they have an 18-month backlog. Yeah. Um, Honda is also having some issues uh, supplying vehicles. Um, and so is Kia, but not Hyundai, which is weird. That's weird, yeah. Because they make clones of each other, basically. Yeah. Um, so if you like the Kias, walk over to your Hyundai dealership and see if they got some cars over there. Yeah. Um, but f- I mean, Ford and GM are starting to put, put vehicles out again. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you ride by a dealership now, you can see it. Yeah. You used to see these big bear spots. Oh yeah. Um, like huge, yeah, huge, like two or three vehicles, like between you could fit two or three vehicles between the vehicles. Oh yeah. There. Like I just drove by the local Ford dealership. Um, they're they're filling back up. Yeah, and the Nissan dealership right next to them, mm-hmm. they, their whole front row is filled. Oh wow! Like, but you're you're back to window mirror to mirror again. Yeah. Now, I think Nissan Nissan still got its issues. But we did a whole episode on that. We did. <laughs> we, we we pretty much wrote Nissan off, and then of course after we did that, they debuted the new Pathfinder, and they got rid of the CVT on it. Yeah. But they didn't get rid of the CVT on all of it. So, I mean, I, people are going to buy them, though, because they had them available. That was the other yeah. problem. I mean, people didn't care about the CVT yeah. at that point. They were like, I need a car, I need it now. Yeah, and you they, have them, so I'm buying it. Yep. They also they also did the the um, the Frontier's a nice-looking truck now. Um, yeah, the new one. Because yeah. they kept that thing along way oh. too long. and uh, It looked horrible. Yeah. But it's nice to see that the compact trucks start to have a bit of a resurgence. Um, you know why though? It's because the because the big ones, like an F one fifty, a GMC Sierra, or whatever, they're seventy grand. I know. Now people can't afford them. Yeah. Like a couple years ago, you could get an F one fifty for thirty thirty two. Yeah. And and the Ranger was twenty eight. Yeah. Well, you could pay the extra four, you get a full size one. Mm-hmm. Now it's like okay, you could pay thirty five forty for a Ranger. Yeah. Actually, you're probably closer to 50 for the Ranger, and you're probably closer to 80 for the F-150. Yeah. And then they slot the Maverick in below the, the Ranger yep. for for that 25, 28 grand. Yeah. Well, you're basically getting a Ford Focus with a with a truck bed. Yeah, just like the, what is it, the Santa Cruz? Yeah. Um, they can barely tow anything. I mean, the only thing truckish about it is the bed in the back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that might I'm, be all you need. I'm waiting for them to come out with for Honda to come out with a because that's the that's the hole in their lineup right now what's that they don't have a they oh, don't have a truck the Santa Cruz that's not a truck I mean no, a real truck it's true it's not it's the Honda it's a Honda Ridgeline the Ridgeline well the Ridgeline's even more of a truck right. the Santa Cruz <laughs> is like more like a Maverick right um you think they're gonna go full size truck I don't think so I don't think so I, either I, I think they don't so make I think them anywhere they, else I think they could do something with the Tell you ride, um, Palisade platform, and do like a Ridgeline esque type of deal. Yeah, I mean it's just going to be a. Big they don't Santa have Cruz, a big though. body on frame. No, the, they don't. I've never been a fan of the Ridgeline. In fact, I was over at um, so in Bowie. There's Honda of uh, Honda of Bowie, and then there's a Nissan dealership right next door to it. They they line up i think the same company owns them so i was looking at 
the Titan had just been re- redesigned. Mm-hmm. So they had some Titans there. I was checking them out. And, um, but I actually parked on the Honda lot because it was closer. You could see them. So the Honda salesman came out and said, oh, you know, so you're looking at, uh, at the Titans. I said, yeah, just uh, they're redesigned. I just, I'm not in the market. I just want to kind of see it up close. Okay, well, have you seen, you know, I'm into trucks, so I'm just, you know, trying to see how it compares. Oh, have you seen the Ridgeline? I said, yeah. Yeah, but I'm looking at trucks. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, oh, man, that's low. I said, he's just a Honda. I said, hey, I'm not questioning the reliability. Right. I'm just questioning its pedigree. Right. It's a Honda Accord. It's, it's basically, uh, <laughs> it's the the Subaru Baja. Yeah. And your Accord. Yeah. yeah. You basically made an Accord truck. Yeah. Thanks. I'm not into it. Where, you know, like it, it has more in common with the Odyssey than it does with any real truck. Yeah. You know, so the interesting part about old trucks, though. So a buddy of ours that lives in the neighborhood bought an old uh, Toyota Tundra. Okay. I think it was like an 08. Mm-hmm. Dude has no issues with it whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, he's a little beat up, but he's using it as a work truck. Mm-hmm. So what does he care? Yeah. And he got a truck. He got a four-door truck out of it. Yeah. So I saw, so I was over at. Um, Coons Toyota because they're working on the I dropped the Sienna off I'm just walking up and down to see what used stuff they had and they it was like a 2013 Tundra it had like 180,000 miles on it and they still wanted 18 grand for it yeah it's nuts and this is now here's the thing I think about buying a Tundra with that kind of mileage on it not at that price right but I'm not worried about it blowing up on me. Well, took, my brother-in-law got, um, he got a Toyota Sequoia mm-hmm. with 135,000 miles on it. Yeah. 17.5. Mm-hmm. I think it was an 07. Yeah. 07. Dude, that's crazy. That's yeah. bananas to me. Now, I will say this. So, I, I do watch a, a few of the uh, car YouTube channels out there that... Um, they analyze the car market and the wholesale market. So apparently week over week for the last five or six weeks, uh, wholesale prices have dropped 0.7%. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, you're talking over six, seven, eight weeks. You're talking almost a 6% drop yeah. in wholesale prices. Um, and then you have all the bank repos. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the bank repos get included in those wholesale prices. Yeah. Um. But they said some dealerships are running the cars through with a reserve on them and not selling them. Mm-hmm. And he said eventually they're going to have to sell them. Yeah. So the prediction is is that eventually this wholesale market is going to crater. Mm-hmm. They think that prices will go down 1% to 1.5% week over week coming mm-hmm. up. And that like probably say three weeks from now, yeah, you're going to start seeing prices go down one because people are going to have to start selling them. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they say like the floor plan companies can call in uh, the discrepancy in value at any time. Mm-hmm. So let's say you've got a million dollars financed through your wholesale or through your uh, floor plan company, and a floor plan company is just a, it's a finance company for car dealerships, mm-hmm. so they can buy inventory and and, and sell it, uh, and they pay interest on that every thirty days. You got to pay interest on mm-hmm. what you what you borrowed. Um. Essentially, the floor plan company can come in and say, you've got a million dollars worth of loans. 
your cars based on wholesale value are now only worth eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You have to come me a check today for two hundred grand. Mm-hmm. And if they don't cut the check, the floor plan company can repo the cars from the dealership. Oh wow! And you and they you have to pay them that day. Like you have to wow. cut them a check for two hundred grand. Yeah. Now I don't know if it'll ever be that extreme, but car dealerships that are are in that position mm-hmm. where they're highly leveraged on their floor plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to start selling these cars either at auction yeah, or to the public at really discounted costs. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, we're coming into the area now where these dealers are trying to hold on and hold on and hold on to try and get these last few customers at these high interest rates. Yeah. Um, to buy off the inventory at their prices. But I think if you go on car gurus right now uh, that tracks the price drops, mm-hmm. I mean, you're seeing drops on these cars. I mean, I saw one that had a, had a $4,500 price drop in four, within the 45 days it was listed. That's a huge drop. You were not seeing that three, four months ago. Yeah. Um, so I think if if people can hold off and obviously, I mean, I'm I'm the one making offers on a car right now, but I mean, I'm not going to offer what they're offering, what they have it listed for. Yeah, I'm going to try and get it cheaper. And and my premise is, look, you can hold on to this thing, but you've got a big SUV. Gas prices are probably going up in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a flood of cars on the market from repos, and just the threat of these floor plan companies taking your cars off. Yeah, I'll offer you a decent price. Mm-hmm. You can you can take it and hold, or you can just you can um, uh, deny my offer and hope that someone else comes along. Yeah, and, and hope then, that you don't get caught. And then also with you know if gas prices continue to climb, that well is just going to sit there, and there's going to be a whole bunch more of them coming out because well you know how people are. Oh, gas prices are going up. I'm getting rid of my suburban. Mm-hmm. I'm buying the Tesla or whatever the hell it is that their nonsense they're going to buy. Right. And then now it's not the 05 that's for 10 grand. You can get, you know, 12, 15. 15 for 10 grand. Yeah. Now, the average car buyer is not like you or I that likes that body style and knows the engine and all this other stuff. They're like, well, I want the 15 right. that has the same amount of miles. I'll go for the 15 yep. that has all the doohickeys and the nav and all this other crap. Because mm-hmm. the 15. Is the first gener- first model year of the body style that was just retired, right? So it's only one generation old. Yeah. So, so it looks nice still, and yeah. yeah. So they'll go for that. So um, yeah, you might be in a, you might be in a pos- negotiating from the position of power. I, I hope so. I mean, not. And, but again, it's not like I'm gonna. I, I think they've got it priced decently. Yeah. But. You know me. I, I want to bargain. Everyone does, and, yeah. And so I'm going to probably try and see if they'll take another you know, $1,500 off. I'm not trying to trade in a car either. So, mm-hmm. and I don't need financing. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I know some dealers make money off of financing, but with these older cars, most people won't finance them anyway. Yeah. So they need a cash buyer for these things. Yeah. Um, generally, I think if it's if it's over 100,000 miles and over six years old or over 10 years old, you can't really get financing through general uh, financing groups. Yeah. You have to go to like a specialty one, and then of course they want to charge like seven, eight percent. Yeah, 
Um, so if you have someone with cash on hand that's willing to just cut you a check for it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that might that might be appealing to, to now them. That place is up in PA, right? Yeah, Harrisburg. It's not one of those buy here, pay here's, is it? I don't think so. It might be. Yeah. I, I I don't know the dealership from anything. No, it doesn't matter if it is if you're right. buying because like the buy here, pay here. That's a that's a scam and a half. Sure. Um, but you're not doing buy here, pay here. No, I'm, so. I'm buying here and leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever talk to me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the only thing I worry about is that, you know, if it, I, I looked at the Carfax, not that that really tells you much, but the car was maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every three to every 5,000 miles or so. Yeah. It was in for an oil change. Um, I didn't see anything major done to it. Like, I didn't see any, like, damage reported or i didn't see uh i mean i think i saw like brakes rotors yeah tires cool. replaced like yeah. ma- i saw general maintenance stuff i didn't see like the check inland uh, check yeah. engine line i didn't see o2 sensors changed um i didn't see drivability tests performed mm-hmm. where like they might, like that's usually when there's like a shake in the front end yeah they do the drivability test mm-hmm. um so i didn't see any of that i didn't see like sway bars and stuff changed now I did ask them if the uh, if the water pump and the belts were changed because that's usually what you do at 100, 100, 500, 10, uh-huh. miles. So I'll see what they say, and if it hasn't been done. But I, I told them I said, "Look, I just want to know what I'm getting. Yeah, like if something if there's something there that isn't you know that you think I'm not going to like, don't worry about that. I said mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me from buying it. I just want to know what I'm buying. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to go up there. I'm not going to be able to do an inspection. I just want like I just want to know like." When I get it, is the first thing I'm going to do, belts, hoses, and water pump. Yeah, and I'm going to be into it for another grand. Yeah, not that I th- like. I I still think it would be a good value, mm-hmm. but I just want to know. Yeah, um, like, do I need brakes and rotors? Do I need tires on it? Like, wh- what's the condition of the car that I can't see right now? Yeah, um, and I did ask about the milky residue and the and the coolant and. Other stuff like that, but I, I know they're going to say no. They're not going to. They, oh no! Yeah, we of course it does. We're going to sell yeah. it like that. Yeah, head gas is about to blow. That's yeah. why we're trying to get rid of it. No, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. Why else would we try to get rid of? This? I was going to drive. Take this to my grandmother. She was going to drive it. Um. So yeah. And then I didn't tell you the other day what I what I did see. I saw it. It was in the wild. Mm-hmm. An Alfa Romeo. Really? Julia. I didn't know anyone bought those. I think you found the one that somebody bought. I, I feel like Fiat came and got out of the U.S. market like within like a year. Yeah. Although I guess people bought those 500s. You see a lot of them. I, um, I, I create that to a smart car. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that's <laughs> kind of like the Mini Cooper. Um, and that all, like, remember the retro car craze? And, like, everyone was doing the retro, like, a car you used to see all the time, everywhere, was a PT Cruiser. You don't see PT Cruisers. I, I, I don't see them anywhere anymore. No, because they all died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that four-cylinder blew right up. Yeah. Um, they were all over. The Chevy HHR. Yep. Which is another stupid car. My dad had one of those. I never. I, I made fun. I, I mercilessly, mercilessly made fun of him for yeah. that. Um, now they did make the HHR the paddle van, right? Which I thought was pretty cool. 
Um, it, was a, it was supposed to be a work van. Yeah, if you had like a little company, say you did like uh, a flower delivery service or something. So it's like the Ford Transit van is now. Yeah. Now, the one car that I've seen um, quite a few of, and I always thought it was cool, was the uh, the Honda Element. My buddy's got one of those. There's the, d- people get those things. They don't get rid of them. Yeah. Um, he was pissed when his when his like I think he brought, drove it for two two fifty yeah fifty thousand miles, and it just the repairs on it got too bad at that point. Yeah. But he's like, I can't get one because they stopped making it. Yeah. He's like, I can't get another one. Yeah. He's like, I'm so bummed. Yeah, those were cool. Um, they had like rubber floors, and it was just a neat. Uh, neat vehicle that i think they killed off too early um it was so odd looking though like yeah that it, it had like a cult following like people either loved it or they did like the only people that bought those things were people that like really were into them i wonder if nissan kind of poo-pooed them i mean i know i keep harping back on nissan but so honda came out with the element and nissan came out with the cube right so like there the was the element the cube the scion xb and the Kia Soul. The Kia Soul. Yeah. All kind of came out. The Cube was stupid because it had that gimmicky, like, <laughs> the C-pillar was, like, cut out, yeah. but the other, it was asymmetric car. Yeah. It was, I hate asymmetrical on a car. Yeah. I'm sorry. I um, can't get down with it. Like, Range Rover has one that's asymmetric. You look at it from the back, it just looks weird. It's like the back is crooked. Is that the Disco? Yeah. It's is just it, a weird- like I, the old Disco, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. what. It's just, it's, it's dumb. But um, and I don't understand. Like, why do they take? They they make these. They're capable of making beautiful vehicles, and then some of them just stick around. But like, the Lincoln Mark Eight was one of the best looking cars. Is I love two door. Yes. Okay. And like, even the last generation of it, I guess they stopped making that, and maybe because it was like they stopped making that when they stopped making the Thunderbird and the Mercury Cougar. Yeah, the two doors died off. Um, Even Chevy's did. I mean, the Monte Carlo was the last one. Yeah. But if it's not like a sports car, like the Camaro or the Mustang. Yeah, yeah. But the Mark 8 was just a cool looking. They even had like the the trunk even had that little bump in it. Like that's where the spare tire was. Um, I used to like the Buick Riviera. mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they did that two-door version. My uncle had one of those. Oh, yeah. On the inside, it looked like it felt, it felt like you were in a spaceship. It had so many lights on the dash and around. Oh yeah, it, it felt so. cool. The only problem is though, if you looked at the shifter on that car, it was on a Cavalier. Yeah, and but the same thing if like it was that the automatic shifter was that stupid square. It had the square button the on the button top. Inside. Yeah, yeah. The and Cavalier that. had it. If you went out and dropped the coin on a Camaro Z twenty eight SS, you know. uh 35th anniversary edition and it was an automatic yep. it had that same stupid shifter yep they put that it's like frank's red hot sauce they put that shit in everything <laughs> yeah um but i wonder if they'll ever bring any of those cars back like, i don't think the mark 8 will ever come back um you I mean, tried to with the regal yeah and um but see none of these they're not even making sedans anymore no you know I, someone's gonna have to because they're yeah. still in demand I mean, I'm not saying like people are buying them up in, in droves, but like, I I just think they screwed people over way too much. They forgot what those cars should have been. Mm-hmm. Utilitarian. 
uh, plush writing and reliable. Yeah. That's it. That's like, you didn't want your four cylinder. You wanted a V six smooth. Um, you couldn't, like you couldn't hurt those things. Yeah. Like you think back to like the Pontiacs, the Bonnevilles, the Grand Ams, um, God, they they were just tanks, and they were comfortable. Yeah, you could just crush miles in them. Yeah, what's well, that's like the when it was the personal luxury coupe. Yeah, which is like the, what the Thunderbird was, the Cougar, the Mark Eight. They were all shared the same um, architecture. They shared it with the old Lincoln Continental. Like, um, with the with the two doors, they just they started to kill off the back seats in them. Mm-hmm. Because so you're like, trying to make everything a sports car. Right. And and so, like, my, my grandfather had uh, an Oldsmobile 88, mm-hmm. which was two-door. Um, But the back seat was a full-size back seat. Yeah. Like, the, the, front, the front seat slid way forward, so you had a lot. Like, and the doors were huge. Yeah. So you had plenty of room to get yourself back there. Yeah. And then when you got back there, it was a full-size back seat. Yeah. Like, they could have put a second door there. Sure. Right? But they didn't. It wasn't a design. That yeah. wasn't what it was for. And gosh, that car was smooth. Yeah. And the seats were like, sitting on a sofa. Yeah. You know? Now, I mean, do I think they should have just, like, replicated that? No. I mean, the shit, the design on that thing was god-awful. Yeah. On the outside. It was a big old, squ- it was like three squares. That was mm-hmm. what it was. But when they went to, like, the sleeker body style, they killed the comfort in the car, too. Yeah. Seats got harder. Well, then all the suspension got hard because they're trying to make it a sports car. Right. Um, where they forget, like, so the moniker GT on a car, that's your grand tour. And they were designed, it came back from the, from back in the days of the nobility when the prince would go on the grand tour. And right. the grand turismo carriage was a comfortable carriage, but it was only made for a small amount of people. Right. You know? Um, but then GT, then everything, they had to make all these hard suspensions. Everyone's trying to run with the BMW 3 Series or 5 Series. Stop trying to be something you're not. Um, well, GT ended up being like a sports model. Yeah. And I don't know if it was from... Was I don't want to equate it back to a video game, but Gran Turismo. Well, I think even before then, it started becoming, you know, because they just put GT on anything that was supposed to be a sports car. Yeah. Um, but it really wasn't. So, like yeah. the Pontiac Sunfire GT. That should but, never have been. Which was a Chevy Cavalier. They which I to- actually saw a Cavalier in the wild. Oh. I'm like, how did this thing survive? It looked nice, too. Hmm. Um. But it, wait, hold on, it, come on, it's a Cavalier. It looked as nice as it was going to. Okay, right. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, for a Cavalier to look nice, it means it's not dead in a junkyard. <laughs> Although I was say, so wait, what year was it, do you think? This was probably early 2000s. So, so it was, was still the, the rounded. It was the rounded one. I mean, yeah. You would have gotten me if it would have been like the more square version back from like the late, like the 90s. So they actually had a Z car that was a, it was the Z24. Yeah. Yep. Was the so twenty four was the Cavalier thirty four was the Lumina Monte Carlo, and twenty eight was the um, 
I thought the 28 was the Lumina. No, Z28's a Camaro. Right. Was it? So it was a 34. Yeah. It was a Lumina. Because I, I had a buddy who had a Lumina, and I can't remember which yeah. one it was. Now, do you remember the Chevy Beretta? Yes. They were cool, too. I, I always thought they were cool. But they were just like, you. that was like early 90s, like rental car territory right there, was the, yeah. <laughs> the Beretta Corsica. Um, I'm just trying to think. When I was growing up, like, what was, what cars did my friends have? They ha- We had a lot of GMs in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. GMs and Hondas. And every once in a while, a Toyota. Yeah. Like a, an old Camry from like the eight, like the mid-80s Camry. Mm-hmm. Like I had an 80s Honda. Um, my buddy had an 80s GM. One of the GMs. I forgot which. It was one yeah. of those. Um, shoot, man. I had a 93 Escort. My, my mother had a, a Dodge Intrepid mm. when it first came out. Wow. The cab forward design. Those cars were big. <laughs> they were full-size sedans. Yeah, they were big. Yeah, they had the um, V6 in them. Could scoot a little bit. Yeah. But looking back, like that design did not age well. When you look at that and the Chrysler LHS. But the New Yorker aged. The New Yorker was a nice-looking car. So my dad had the, a white New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And it had... Uh, it had the... Uh, Red leather interior, white exterior, mm-hmm. and it had a Clarion sound system that was uh, OEM. Wow! And it was—I just remember it being a really nice driving car. But looking back on it, it was like the K car model. It so was I, the three squares. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think people forget that back in the day, Chrysler was like a luxury brand. So you had Chrysler, that was your, they ran against Lincoln and Cadillac, and then you had Plymouth, which was your kind of Buick Oldsmobile competitor, and then you had Dodge, which was Ford Chevy. Right. And, like, there was a Chrysler Fifth Avenue. Those were nice cars. Like, they were comfortable, plush think, leather. That's what my dad had, Okay. Fifth Avenue. Yeah, because that was, the, there was a Fifth Avenue, they are all based on that diplomat the Dodge Diplomat architecture, yeah. Um, but yeah, there Chrysler was a luxury model, and I we rented it. My dad rented a. Uh, we went to Miami, or I remember it was, a, it was a white Chrysler New Yorker, but it was the LH uh, mm-hmm. platform. Yeah, that was a nice car. It was comfortable, you know. Um, but right, yeah, let's. Uh, I'll keep everyone updated on my car search. Let everyone know what the response was from that guy, but we gotta we gotta pump this topic because we're running up on almost an hour, and we promised people we would talk about weight loss. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna screech the brakes on the car talk, and we're gonna talk about weight loss. You want me to do me first? Do you want to do you first? You go ahead and do you All first. Right. I have there's zero weight loss happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just start it there. Zero weight loss happening. I'm, my appointment isn't until the end of November. I'm going to call again this week to try and get my appointment moved up, see if there are any cancellations. Um, and I, unfortunately, I won't have any news until after that happens. Um, and of course, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing in my the back of my ear. It's like 
why don't you do something now, fatty? <laughs> why don't you go take a walk? Like, well, because I want to see what I want to see my blood work. It's like uh, senioritis right now. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm not I'm not motivated to do much of anything right now. Um, but I am getting to the point like where my shirts like they don't go down far enough now. Now it's just like it's not covering the belly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's like I must be embarrassing my children, you know. So like, I'm purposely looking for things that I can wear that are longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's gotten to a, a pretty pretty bad point in that realm. Um, I'm like, ugh, my daughters must just be. They're like, still they're still think, young. They don't know enough to be yeah. embarrassed yet, but I'm sure we're coming up on that time. Especially your older one. Yeah, she's definitely coming up on it, and she wouldn't say anything because she's a nice kid. Yeah, but. I'm sure uh, in the back of her mind somewhere it must be like, oh, geez, dad, your belly's showing. <laughs> it's like, great. Yeah, so so I don't have much to report except I did go. So I've kind of looked at this where you're going to the naturopath, which kind of does everything at once. I'm kind of still staying in there. Tr- I'm staying within the insurance realm. <laughs> so I need to go to a bunch of different specialists. So I did go to the urologist and get some blood work done. Um, so I have a follow up with that on, cause I think when you're, when you're looking at no matter what you do, I think the mistake that people make is they say, I want to lose weight. Well, of course everyone wants to lose weight, but I think your goal has to be to live healthier. So if, if losing weight is done in furtherance of that goal and everything you're doing is in furtherance of that goal, then great. I think we make the mistake where we go and say, I want to lose weight. I don't do everything I can to lose weight, which then you're now in a calor- you're on a diet, um, and you're miserable. No one wants to be around a miserable person. And well, what makes you happy? Eating. So eventually, you start eating. Um, but you reward yourself with food because that's how you always used to reward yourself. Yeah, that's how that's how my mother. Re- oh, you don't feel you don't feel good. Eat something, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that so I did that. Um. I have a follow-up on the on November 11th, so that's coming up. Um, did you see the results yet? I did, so my testosterone is low. So, Like low, out of the range low, or just so low the, but in, within range? So the range is 300 to 1,000, and I'm at 280. So you're just out of the range? Yeah. So that's insurance territory for yeah. drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then we also have, uh, I'm going to go. So I have some really bad knee pain in my left knee. And it's all associated with, um, there's a tendon that runs from your hip. And it goes down the side of your leg, past the side of your knee, and then it, it attaches down in your shin somewhere. Um, and it's called the... Ilio, iliotibial or something. It's an IT band. Sounds Italian. Well, <laughs> it's sound. It's whatever it is. It's sounds painful. like Ilio's pizza. So the, the worst part is if I it hurts the most when I sit. Like it wakes me up at night. Mm-hmm. Now if I'm standing and walking, it's fine. So um, yeah, it's been really, really, really bad. Now another thing I did is I. A lot of people don't know this. I quit dipping. So. If we had an applause button, we hit that. Yeah. For you. So it's been a month of quit of not dipping. 
it's also been a month of eating whatever I want. So I pretty much gained like 18 pounds over a month. Yeah. By just, which probably isn't helping the knee thing that much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I told myself when I quit, I said, you know what? I'm not going to try to maintain a diet while I'm not dipping because I'm going to be miserable. Who's not going to want, who's going to want to be around this guy. Right. So what I did was said, okay, I'm going to give myself the freedom to kind of eat whatever I want while I'm still like solidly in that mode. I have to shift the gears here. So is that gum, <laughs> is that gum Nicorette? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your stuff che- is the- chewing all of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's working and, and you well, how know. do you, how do you get off the nicotine though? Cause the Nicorette just replaced the dip for the nic- nicotine. Yeah. So the, so how do you get off the gum then? So the gum is actually easier to wean yourself off of. Okay. Because part of it's breaking the habit and the ritual of the dip. Right. No, I understand that. So I used to, I use snooze, which is a little bit different. It comes in pouches. Um, But what you're doing is you come to the ritual of, it's the whole process. The people that smoke, like, it's the, because before I dipped, I smoked. So it's been this process um, the gum is an easier habit to kick than, so I've kicked the whole habit of dipping itself. Sure. So now it's just working on the nicotine, which, and pretty much what I'm doing is I'm doing just big breaks of not, um, like, okay, I say I can't, I'm not going to, while I'm driving, like I'm not using, I'm not using any of this gum while I'm driving. So. Then I'm just eating sunflower seeds. Right. You know? Um, all right, I ate. Now I'm going to wait 30 minutes, then 40 minutes. Then, so you just try to spread it out as far as you can. Yeah. Um, but to me, the benefits of quitting that are worth it. Uh, yeah. Um, I know for me, like I've got a cigar habit, but it, it's a little different. But if you never smoked another cigar again, you'd probably be just fine. I would be. I don't think there's a nicotine part there. Yeah, like, do you ever crave a cigar? A little. Yeah. But not enough to where I go and, and like, okay, I need a midday break for a cigar. Like, Yeah. I, like I, now, will I have one once a weekend? Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, and have I ever, have I ever had two in a week? Sure. But it's not like a, for me, it's, I don't. And this might just be me trying to uh, justify it, but it's not like a cigarette thing where like I'm smoking a few a day, right? Yeah, so I don't think there's a nicotine addiction there. Um, but I do enjoy it. No, I think it's something you like to do to relax. And I if do. you went, if you went, you'd probably go a weekend without having one. You'd be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a little. Trying to think, this past weekend I did it, <laughs> and the weekend before mm-hmm. that, and yeah. But no, no, the, yeah, I, I think it would be fine. Um, it also doesn't, it doesn't hurt that I've almost run out. So yeah, <laughs> the, the company that I used to buy them from went out of business. I, I finally got confirmation that they went out of business. Okay. So now I need to. I'm on the hunt for a cigar again that I like. Mm-hmm. It only it took me like forever to find those yeah. that I actually liked. Um. But now I'm on the hunt again. I still have my pipe tobacco that 
I'll smoke that. I, I mean, I'll probably smoke a pipe maybe once every two months, though. Mm-hmm. It's a very rare occurrence. Yeah. Mostly because I think it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> it, I like. I love the smell of it. I do. Yeah. But I have, I have not mastered the art of lighting it and keeping and having it stay lit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm packing it wrong. I mean, I, I'm a, if I'm packing it wrong, I've been packing it wrong for years. Yeah. Um, but I'm not able to get the cherry lit, as they say, and keep it the, the stone and keep mm-hmm. it lit. I'm just, I have never been able to do that. Yeah. And one, it could be the pipe. I use a really cheap pipe. I got it for like ten bucks in a cigar shop one time. Mm-hmm. I've used it ever since. Yeah. Now, if I paid for a better one, would that help? Sure. But it's just a pain in the butt to have to light it and light yeah. it and light it. I feel like I'm uh, like a freaking weed. I'm, uh, like I'm smoking some weed. I got to light it every time. It's like, don't mind me and my addiction. I'm okay <laughs> over here. Um, I, w- I, would, I would love it if it would stay lit and I could just, you know, put it down for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm smoking it more just, just to keep, to keep it, it lit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I, mean, I do enjoy a cigar more than a pipe. But I like the smell of a pipe more than a cigar. And I finally found cigars that had a very nice aroma to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I'm back on the hunt for cigars that I can actually, that I like the smell of. I, yeah. I like, I'm more of a, I don't like them spicy. I like mm-hmm. them very mild to the tongue. So basically like when, when I say spicy, like if you ever puff on a cigar and after a while you get a little, it feels like your tongue's burning a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's really, it's like a mint or a cinnamon kind of burn. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not like a it's not a temperature burn on you. Yeah, uh, I like it very mild. I don't really like that feeling so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like something very fragrant. Yeah, like I want to be like, I love that smell of like an old English pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandfather used to smoke a pipe. I I'd like to get to the point where because nicotine, I've been addicted to nicotine since I was nineteen. You know, so I'd like to get to the point where I'm like you, where I'll have. A pipe or a cigar. My thing is, a cigar will become like three times a day out on the back porch. I think you'd be surprised because so, it, because it takes like a half hour to four. I mean, yeah, a good cigar. It's a commitment. It's a half hour, forty five minute thing. You're so not when I used to fifteen minutes. When I used to smoke cigarettes, I would put my cigar down and light a cigarette and then <laughs> smoke the cigar. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, um, for me, it's it's it's. It's part relaxing, part social. Like yeah. it's it's more fun with someone else. Yeah. Um, but if I smoke, like, I've smoked a cigar on my front porch by myself, mm-hmm. and you're right, it's very relaxing. Yeah. But I don't know if it's relaxing because of the nicotine, or the act of smoking. Yeah. I think for me, it's the act of smoking. Mm-hmm. I like, I like the act. I like, you know, puffing on the cigar. Yeah. Um. I like sitting outside with some nice weather with mm-hmm. a cigar. I like the smell of the cigar. Yes, am I getting effects of nicotine? Sure. But I'm not going back to the well for another one 20 minutes later, or an hour right. later, two hours later, yeah. three hours later. When you're at work, you, you go out for your cigar break. No. <laughs> Although, I probably... I, what was the old joke? Like, it was like... If, like, I want to take all... Like, I want a bunch of breaks, so I might as well start smoking so yeah. you can go out for a cigarette break mm-hmm. all the time. You know, I think there was like well, a that's Friends what, episode or something like that. Yeah, well, Krishan was telling us when he was in the Navy, like a lot of people start smoking in the Navy because you get a bunch of breaks. Yeah. And he never started, and he was like, man, I should start smoking so I can go take smoke breaks on the fantail every time I want to, like rather than yeah. uh, sitting in here working like a fool while all these guys are out smoking. So, 
Well, so that's the update on on the weight loss. So for me, zero. Um, Mike got his blood work done. Um, we'll talk. He'll talk to his uh, urologist about the uh, about the low T situation. Yes, yeah, and that'll be interesting to see if you go on something to reverse it. Um, I wonder what he's going to put you on personally because when I had that situation uh, years ago, years ago when we were trying to have kids. Um, my urologist put me on something called Arimidex. Mm-hmm. And Arimidex essentially stops the transition from estrogen, uh, from testosterone to estrogen. Is that yeah. what it is? Yes. One of them turns into the other one. And it basically Testosterone turns into estrogen, and then it causes... Obesity helps that happen. Right. So, so, that's, what, so that's what was my case. Yeah. Uh, Arimidex worked really well. Yeah. And I didn't have any side effects from it. Yeah. Um, little tiny pill, take one a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that comes up, I mean, at least from my experience, I had zero side effects. And yeah. I will be honest with you. I had, when I was on it, I felt like I had a lot more energy. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I mean a lot, like, it's the difference between if I have coffee and I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference for me. Like, it was that noticeable. Yeah. Like, my head felt lighter. It was almost it was almost like an antidepressant. Hmm. Well, they say that, you know, low, one of the symptoms of low T is... Depression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean, like, depression, like, thoughts. I mean, like, physical. Like, it feels like a physical weight. Yeah. On your forehead, your sinuses, uh, the top of your head. Like, it, it feels like there's literally something sitting on top of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the thoughts that go through your brain. Yeah. It's, it's like that physical feeling of an additional weight on your head. Like, it's almost hard to keep your head up. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, like when I drink coffee, um, or when I was on a Remedex and the testosterone level went up or the coffee and the caffeine level went up, it, it was like that a, a weight got lifted. It, I don't, it's amazing what, what, what the difference it made. Yeah. Um, and just like, I can just imagine like with that feeling, like, could you be more active? Of course. Like, of course you could. Yeah. And that's like, that's what that was the point that I was trying to talk about in the past episodes was, you know, when people are saying, oh, you just got to do your caloric deficit, or you just got to eat less, do more, or work more. But if you have an additional factor going on inside your body that's making it harder, it's not like people say, well, don't be depressed. Right. Right? Shit. No, you need help. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, and for me, like, if I, the inside of me says, Oh, hey, let's get up and go. But the body says, Mm-mm. "Yeah, nope, not today." And you know, if, if and if it is a, a thing, a hormonal issue, if you can correct that, then you can correct the other things. Right. Well, well, and then if you don't correct that, then everything else you're doing is bound to fail. Right. It, it's almost like look, you could tell someone to let's say you challenge someone to a bench press, and you say, "Okay, let's see how many times we can push just the bar up." One and guy one goes down, you know, doesn't have the the testosterone issues or the or the or the depression issues or whatever, and he goes down and puts up puts the bar up thirty times. Mm-hmm. Now you get there, you're the same height, same weight, same everything, but you have low testosterone and you have that weight on your head, like it feels like just depression. Yeah, it's a physical depression, not a mental depression. Mm-hmm. It's a physical depression on your head. It's it's almost like. Okay, we're going to do the... That guy did the bar 30 times. 
you have to do the bar 31 times, but we're going to put 45s on each end too. Yeah. It's not an, it's not, you're not comparing apples to apples anymore. Yep. It's not as easy for that person to get up and do the exercise as it is for the guy who just had to lift the bar. You're literally having someone or, or, or running the, the, the 60 or the, what, the 50 yard dash, 60 yard dash. 40. And so, and, and having that trainer pulling the rope on you. So you're pulling him and you. And, you know, Michael Johnson gets a free run at it. Yeah. Of course he's going to win. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have that guy pulling him back. Mm hmm. Well, replace that guy or those additional weights with just a feeling of huge weight on you that you don't feel like you can overcome as much as you say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. Physically, you can't get up. Yeah. Like I, of course, could someone, could I get up on my feet? Sure. It's hard to describe like that. Yeah. And that's why people like people like a Rogan and Bill Maher, they don't understand that part of it. And so that's what I'm saying. Look, the funny thing is, is Rogan supplements with, Tea as well. So. Oh sure, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but everyone else is just a fatty. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> you know, that's why it's important for both of us to go get the inside right. Yeah. In order to make the in order to work out the outside. Yeah. Um. And again, I, I could care less if I ever wear a shirt or, or if I ever take my shirt off at the pool. I'm not doing that for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this for that. I'm doing it because there's no. 350 pound dude that's 70 fucking years old yeah this is this is not playtime anymore yeah and it's it's you know you know with analogies it's it's almost like you know with the the hormonal issues it's you've got the same engine in two cars but your engine the the ecm is bad so it's not telling that engine to fire the way it should be or clog fuel injectors or whatever like it's just yeah so like now if you fix the ECM, well, now it can run because the, the hormones is what the telling your body the chemical signals like what to do. So, if that's not operating, that system's not operating correctly. You can be the most dedicated person in the world, and you're not going to get results. You're going to fail, and you're going to get discouraged. Right. Um, also, the benefits of of like testosterone, your recovery times are faster. Um, you know, your your Workouts get better because you're you're more the motivation is there. Yeah. So, um, so we're gonna fix the insides first. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, the outsides kind of start. The, the results show on the outside, but the insides what needs to get fixed. And so, all right, that's the update. We will uh, another two weeks. We'll give you guys an update, or maybe we'll do one next week. I don't think we have too much to to go over next week so we'll probably just wait another two weeks um head to the website drivewaybeerspodcast.com uh, we became official we got business cards so if you're around out and about ask us for one um personally i think they look amazing <laughs> i know the person who designed them wasn't me <laughs> is the wife <laughs> um but anyway driveawaybearspodcast.com click on that link for vpn get yourself private internet access 55 dollars for two years uh protect yourself this holiday season uh shamash that like button don't forget to do that or rumble us on the rumbles or on rumble 
like us on the YouTube, comment on the YouTube. Even though we don't really have a video on YouTube, but they make us put one up, so we put one up over the audio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you like a fireplace. Yeah. Uh, we're on, what, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, although I hate Twitter. We're there. Uh, go find us. We'll, we'll see you next time.